The Holy Gospel for the seventh Sunday of Easter is John, the 17th chapter. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. And since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I have given in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. Jesus says this right before he's going to the cross, right before he's about to meet Judas and Pilate and the cross itself. The hour has come to be glorified, and this hour is the glory of the cross. Eternal life is to know God and Christ Jesus. The, gore, the glory of God and Christ Jesus is the cross. The glory of God and Christ Jesus is that God does not shy away from the tough things, from the gruesome things, from the uncomfortable things, from the sad things, from the depressing things, God does not shy away from the things of our lives that we'd rather shun and turn away. The parts of our lives that we don't know what to do with and we don't know how to get rid of. The parts of our lives that we wish would go away, would leave, would stop. Already, if you're like me, and you don't have to be, but you may be thinking, Pastor, I am tired. I am tired of all the gruesome things in life, and I am tired of all the complicated parts of life. I'm tired of turning on the TV every day and seeing nothing but people being divided, but people being terrible to one another. I'm tired of reading about it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of hearing it. 
And so, pastor, if you would, just preach on something nice for a little bit. I wish I could. I wish I could preach about the glory of God being in the sunrise. I wish I could preach about the glory of God being in all creation. The glory of God seen in friendships. The glory of God seen in love toward our loved ones. The glory of God seen in peace and rest. And while none of those things are false, they are incomplete. The glory of God is seen in the good things. And we know this, don't we? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in greedy pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down right pathways for his name's sake. We know that God wants the good things for us and the glory of God is seen as God provides good things for us. And yet, that's not the entire glory of God. Even in the cross, we see God providing good things, but that's not the entire glory of God. The glory of God is that God does not avoid the things that we wish were not a part of our lives, the things that we wish would just go away, the things that we wish weren't there in the first place, the things of which we are ashamed or angry. The glory of God has the strength to go there, even when we don't. Because for every sunrise, there are people crying out in pain. In the midst of all creation, there is at times injustice. In the love between friends, there is also, there is also Betrayal. And the love between loved ones. There's disagreement and anger and separation. What God knows about our lives is that there is no place for us to go where the rough parts of life will not find us. And so the glory of God is that there is no place in our lives where God will not find us too. And God is always willing to bring love and grace and mercy to bear in the tough parts of our lives and of all of God's people. <laughs> Excuse me. in our lives, in all of God's people. I have a hard time, too, looking at the tough parts lately because I'm exhausted from looking at them. Not just because of my job, but because as a human being, life has been interrupted in a way that is taxing and tiring. And while I know I need to reach out to my neighbor, it takes energy. 
And while I know I need to be concerned about justice, it takes energy. And while I know I need to be concerned about the welfare and well-being of my neighbor, it takes energy. And it takes energy. And it takes energy. And it can leave us raw, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually, mentally. And when the strife is fierce and the warfare long, steals on the ear a distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Alleluia. In my youth, I loved this verse. In today's world, I cling to it because every once in a while in the mess and the muck that I wish would go away, I can hear the distant triumph song of God. I can hear the resurrection song. I can hear the truth that we will not be left in this mess forever. And we will not be left to suffer alone. We will not be left without a congregation. And we will not be left without friends and family. We will not be left by God the Father who cares for us and nurtures us and knits us in our mother's womb. We will not be left. We are not left. And this is true as well for our neighbors and for the strangers. God does not leave the world. God never leaves. God is always willing, even when we are without energy, to dive into the muck and the mire. God is always willing to dive into the places that we don't want to go. And God is willing to start the work of reconciliation and healing and wholeness and love. And when God does, and as God does, we hear the song of resurrection again. We see the signs of God's healing and moving again. It is as if, no, it's not as if, it is Christ moving and healing the people again. The Spirit moves among us. The resurrection song is being sung. There is love in the world and there is grace in the world and there is mercy in the world and there are good things in the world. And we hear them. And maybe, if not even for a day, but for an hour, we are given a little bit of ease so that we can stand up and look out and love just a little bit more. And when the strife is fierce and warfare long, steals on the ear a distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. And we are able to see the glory of God 
in the mess. Hallelujah. For all of you who were hoping for a sermon about something that was nice, God be with you. For all of you who are stuck in the mire and cannot turn it off by simply changing the channel or putting down the paper or closing the door, God be with you. For all of you who are alone and feel it, God be with you. And let me know. For all of you who just need to hear the song one more time, God be with you. God will not leave us alone. God will tie us to God and one another. And we will come out of this. God be with you. Amen.